0: The reading today is from Luke 24, verses 1 to 12. At the crack of dawn on Sunday, the women came to the tomb carrying the burial spices they had prepared. They found the entrance stone rolled back from the tomb, so they walked in. But once inside, they couldn't find the body of the teacher, Jesus. They were puzzled, wondering what to make of this. Then out of nowhere, it seemed, two men, light cascading over them, stood there. The women were awestruck and bowed down in worship. The men said, why are you looking for the living one in a cemetery? He is not here, but raised up. Remember how he told you when you were still back in Galilee that he had to be handed over to sinners, be killed on a cross, and in three days rise up? Then they remembered Jesus' words. They left the tomb and broke the news of all this to the eleven and the rest. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them kept telling these things to the apostles. But the apostles didn't believe a word of it, thought they were making it all up, but Peter jumped to his feet and ran to the tomb. He stooped to look in and saw a few grave clothes. That's all. He walked away, puzzled, shaking his head. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks
1: to God. Let us pray. God, for all that you bring into our lives each morning, we give you thanks with the first breath that reminds us of the very life that we are given, the privilege it is to step into the world. We ask that you continue to remind us of your presence. We ask that your spirit be with us today as we gather in this space that is not bound by border or geography, but the space that is gathered together by the spirit. We thank you for this particular day when we boldly proclaim new life in the world help us to do so with confidence and humility but justice and love again we thank you for the spirit that opens up our hearts today may that same spirit guide the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts so they're acceptable to you we pray all this in the name of christ and god's people say amen Amen. well christ is risen I'm gonna ask you to do something very quickly. I would like to, I'd ask you to just simply close your eyes and think of something that gives you hope. You can open your eyes. I'm not gonna ask you to share that. I'm gonna ask you just to hold that because we are in a day when it would be perfectly understandable to give up hope, to give up hope on humanity, to give up hope on the world, to give up hope that we're ever going to move through the things that are continue to destroy us as human beings. You read the news every day. And I'm just, you know, we, we continue to see the war in Ukraine. We, we hear all of the things going on. We continue to see all of the violence that is in our communities. Yesterday, I heard about another shooting that happened three weeks ago. I didn't even know it had happened, and it is no longer becoming daily, but it is becoming hourly. We look at streets, and we look at folks who are seeking housing, and we look at the ways we treat people who we perceive as poor who are in poverty we look at the ways we we cast people off into our incarceration systems we look at the ways that we are are we have find it difficult to have conversations about difficult topics we look at the ways we can't even handle disagreeing with each other anymore and we simply cut one another off we look at the ways around us that we simply want to kind of hold on to what we have at the expense of others we look at all of these things and it would be easy to give up hope. So yeah, so I ask you to begin by what is that thing that gives you hope? Preachers on Easter Sunday have very few things to say. I mean, they the sermon kind of writes itself, or it should. Right, if, if a preacher can't talk about hope and new life and all these things, on this particular Sunday, we really shouldn't be doing what we're doing. But Easter and this resurrection thing does take different forms depending on where you sit. Right, some focus on victory over death, that idea that death will never conquer us. Others focus on you ought to be grateful because it's for you sinners that Jesus died. And then we begin to figure out what those sins are. And then we rank them and then we look at each other like, okay, where do you fit in that? Well, mine's not as bad as yours, so Jesus died more for you. I mean, we get into this weird kind of thing. That is not us. Don't worry. Some visitor's like, oh, I hope that's not this place. And then there are those of us that realize and think about this gospel that is about this walk and this journey that Jesus takes. That it's it's nuanced and it's complicated and it is easy to become rational and begin to think about it, but it always ends in the same place. Jesus told us what was going to happen. There was going to be death. In many of our understandings, it was because Jesus pushed at institution and pushed at power, and so that power and institution had no option but to bring him to death. We also, many of us believe that the people who were well-intentioned, but get moved by those institutions without even knowing it, demanded his death. And we also know that Jesus understood that experiencing the depth of pain of humanity was part of who he was. So we go through the death and we know that that walk happens, but yet in every gospel, we are reminded that Jesus promised us one thing, that in three days he would return. Now, we can think about it that as as fable as myth as story our intellectual minds will want to try to figure out exactly scientifically how that could have happened i'm sure there was something on the, the the wine that they gave him that was a pretend that made him look like he was dead and so by the time he was put in the tomb it wore off and he came back like it was some magical csi kind of thing that happens that tricked the corners or We believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Now I know intellectuals will be like, well, that can't happen. And I would say to you as somebody who grew up in, I hope educated and rational, in our human minds and our human understanding, you are absolutely right. There is no reason to believe that the body dead would come back to life, let alone walk on out of a tomb. But yet that's what we've been told, and that's what we are being challenged to believe. And the reason, I've said this before, the reason I believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ is because I can't actually imagine hope within our human Beings and our human community. And I need to believe that God has said to us, even beyond what you can do, even beyond how you participate in the healing of the world, I am able to bring you hope and new life. It is beyond my imagination. It is beyond my rational understanding. Because as I began with all of those things that are hurting the world right now, our rational understanding will tell us every single time There is no hope. And so we have to lean on this idea that that God has said to us through our seeing and walking with death and new life and this promise of Christ that there is actually hope. There is the possibility that out of the destruction that is happening in the world where we see it far away and close by, that somehow God still promises us that there is hope. And you and I can either believe it or doubt it. And the Bible is filled with human story that says, I don't know. I believed it when you said it and you were alive and you told us you were going to die and come back to death. But then when it really happens, oh, I don't know if I want to believe it, right? Especially, and you'll hear in many churches today, especially the men. Right, the women were there in every gospel. They were there first. There was a little bit of doubt and fear, but then when they were said, Hey, remember, they're like, Oh, that's right. And then they run out and tell people, and the disciples are like, Yeah, sure. Right, that doesn't make any sense. It was kind of a strategic political game we were playing. It wasn't really going to happen. And even Peter, who is the most committed disciple, right, Peter. Uh, walking on the water, Peter's the one that's like, Well, Jesus can do it, I can do it. Right? Peter, who at Monday, Thursday, the Last Supper, if you're gonna wash my feet, Jesus, wash all of me. Like Peter is all in. Even Peter goes to the tomb, sees evidence of what he was told, and it's like, Yeah, I don't think so. Let's not be Peter in this instance. Let's not be the ones who claim a faith of new life and resurrection and then go into the world and at the first sign of struggle or of of resistance or of conflict we say to God, yeah, I don't I don't think so. Because the world right now, we right now need a people and a voice that says otherwise to the despair that is sweeping over our spirits. That is our job as people of faith today. That is our job as people of faith who claim a more forward-thinking, progressive, justice-focused faith, in fact. When Jesus was crucified, the people in power, we know as the Pharisees, but it really is the people in power, said to Caesar, we have no other king but Caesar. Our world today continually says that to love and justice and our faith in understanding about wholeness and healing in the world. We have no other King, but violence. We have no other King than division. We have no other King than war. We have no other King than brutality. And you and I have a different ruler, a different guide, a different way to think about the world. Now you can go back into the world and see those things like, eh, maybe. Or we boldly proclaim that there is another way. This isn't just about big things, it's about us, it's about our communities, it's about all the ways we experience difficulty in our lives. This congregation, as you shift in leadership, I know is gonna be a struggle. We're all sad and we're disappointed and all of those things are true, but do not give up hope. You look at our communities and those who are unhoused on our streets. We look at just in Palo Alto and around and in the world about housing. It would be easy for us to simply step away from that, but please don't. We look at the way violence and incarceration and police brutality infect our communities and people of color, and it would be easy for us to step away and say there's no hope, but please don't. And you look at distant lands that both in the news and outside the news are filled with war and violence, and it would be easy to step away and give up hope, but please don't. What we do today, this celebratory day where we come together, we give ourselves permission to believe in the resurrection. We give ourselves permission to talk about Jesus out loud. We give ourselves permission to say Christ is risen and Christ is risen indeed. Don't just hold that on for this day. The world needs us to step into the world tomorrow and next week and next year continuing to remember that hope is beyond even the ways we engage in that work in life as humans, because we believe in the resurrection. And God has said to us, even when there is no hope, even when you feel like the despair is overwhelming, even when the death has happened, I have another way. And not only that, God says to us, I already told you now it's our choice whether we believe and move into the world acting as if we believe that to be true so you enter into the rest of the year as you continue to be committed to justice and love not just in your own life in your church in the community and in the world when those sweeping waves of the doom scrolling and seeing all the TV and the violence begins to become overwhelming. I want you to do what we began at this beginning time, is to close your eyes and remember what gives you hope. And that is God whispering into your soul, believe what I've told you for it is true. Let us pray god for the ways that you sneak into our worlds the ways you whisper into our hearts our minds and our souls and remind us of what you have already told us over and over again that there is new life after death remind us of that and give us the courage to believe it and act as if we believe it to be true we thank you for this body and the commitment that it has had from generation to generation. And we'll have for generations to come to be your people of love and justice in the world. Help us all, God, to move into the future with hope. Not hope that is naive or overly optimistic, but hope that is based on the promises that you have made, that out of despair there is new life and there is always hope. We pray all of this in the name of Christ. And God's people say, Amen.